When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, the midweek editions here at Tale of Our City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, loaded up, good news for Nebraska football on the recruiting front with Pop Watson saying yes to the Big Red. Really cool scene, awesome coverage from Greg Smith as uh, the announcement came, and then, uh, oh yeah, basketball was played, so we'll have a unique sit-down here with uh, not only Coach, but a proud dad. Uh, Bill Watson is uh, coach uh, for Springfield Central football and basketball. So Coach Watson coming up here in about five minutes. Mike Babcock will join us from Hale Varsity. We'll talk some hoops and baseball with Babbers. Spring spring football is also looming, so uh, plenty to get in touch with Mike about. Uh, Mike Shuhart from Wilderness Ridge, his reaction to Phil Mickelson's week. Uh, and uh, Shuey may uh, launch a grenade too about basketball. Uh, Greg Smith will recap what this quarterback uh, means for Nebraska in the 2023 class and just uh, overall the, the talent that, that Nebraska got uh, from way out in Massachusetts. And then we'll run down some, some tough questions with Nebraska basketball's future, the men. And uh, Andy Markowski will be with us, get his thoughts on the Husker women as they uh, – Take on uh, Wisconsin on the road. Numbers to dial up, numbers to get involved. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me. Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essence is where you follow and find him on Twitter. And as always, follow ESPN Lincoln and at Hale Varsity on Twitter for all your uh, your big red needs. So a couple of thoughts here. When I look at uh, the talent here of Watson and I look at just how this went down and and who Nebraska got, there's there's regional talent and then there's there's a, a kid that you think can be exquisite for your offense. There's plenty of history and background with Coach Whipple and the Watsons, and and that makes you feel good in the recruiting game on top of the incredible talent um, as uh, that's that's where Nebraska decided to go. I mean, Watson's six foot, 190 pounds, and his uh, accuracy is really good, his footwork really good, and he's able to just go make it, make it happen in this offense. Excited to talk to... His dad, Bill Watson, here in just a moment about the fit, the connection, and then uh, Nebraska. I mean, that's, uh, you know, it, it's a ways away 
to make that trek from Massachusetts to Lincoln, but it felt right uh, in uh, Pop's post uh, announcement interview. So uh, I really like his skill set. Am I wrong, Elijah, or does he strike you as like a little bit of a Kyler Murray? Yeah, I mean, it, that, the, I mean the, that, that's not a, it's not a, well, this kid's the next caliber. That's not a fair comparison. His game reminds me of that. Yeah, where it's just his ability to, to, when the play's breaking down, he can get outside the pocket, stay behind the line of scrimmage, you know, flip his hips and fire a 50-yard bomb mm-hmm. down the field. Uh, it's pretty incredible. And, and the only thing that makes me go, hmm, was, was the, the, the biggest knock on a kid in Lincoln, uh, Noah Walters, was really his height. I mean, he had all the... The, the numbers and kind of mm-hmm. some, some plays that jumped off you on film, but I'm, I'm going to trust the Husker coaching staff here. I don't think that could also be a little bit of a byproduct of the new direction the offense is moving in uh, under Mark Whipple, but whenever you you pass on a, a quarterback in Lincoln whose number one knock was that he was short for a quarterback in the East Coast whose number one knock is that he was short, it does raise some questions, but I think that's probably because of the, the transitioning coaching staff. Yeah, and uh, listen, you know what Nebraska's gone after recently? They've gone after height and size, more of a pass first. They're going after after a pass first kid as well in Watson. Uh, it's not that he hasn't run. He, he has been able to, to run for probably an average of 300 yards or so a season. But his numbers are flat out incredible when we talk about touchdowns and, and interception ratio. I mean, it is flat out dynamic. I mean, in, in three years, we're just eight interceptions. Uh, is it uh, over over 50 touchdowns, uh, 56, I believe, 56 and 8 is the ratio. So that's good. He puts the football uh, where it needs to be, and his footwork is, is really telling. Uh, and you know what? Uh, when it comes to uh, that connection with Whipple and uh, the quarterback here, Watson, that's your winner. That's your trust, and we'll – uh, just kind of get the the particulars here because you did have a, a junior day showing by Watson to uh, see what he thought of Nebraska. So, uh, Coach Bob Watson here is on deck. Hale Varsity Radio can stream us ESPN Lincoln. Find us in different spots around the state with our affiliates, and uh, of course, always get the podcast locked in and uh, do that uh, on Spotify, iTunes and uh, Google Play. Husker basketball, tough one last night. We'll transition here for just a minute. The Big Red uh, falling to Northwestern. That's not new news. Nebraska's had uh, issues. Uh, Nebraska's had problems uh, defending the three-point line. Again, Northwestern able to, to, to drill 13 threes. Problems with pick-and-roll defense. Problems with communication. Nebraska won points in the paint. Nebraska won the rebounding battle. Uh, turnovers were not good, eight of them in the first half for, for Nebraska. Uh, you had Bryce McGowan's uh, set the all-time freshman scoring record, passing uh, Husker great Hoppin, uh, but it's still the, the same result. You're still now a third straight year of, of 20 losses, and it's going to be uh, very difficult here down the stretch to to really sell hope if or at least listen to why it will be better or it can be better for Nebraska basketball in the future with the the current setup they have. You're going to have roster turnover again. Uh, you have Fred Hoiberg that just, poor guy, looks miserable. He, he was coaching hurt last night with that viral infection, and it, it just hasn't worked out. What do you do 
if you're Trev Alberts, do you hope it gets better based on what what Fred will tell you? Here's how and here's how and why it's going to be better, Trev. I really want to turn this around. I want year four. I want a I want a fourth year, and I want to show you why a fourth year will be better. Or is it simply something? Look, man, this isn't working. Uh, let's renegotiate a much, much, much smaller buyout. Let's part ways. Let me go back to the NBA or let me t- spend time with my family. And uh, Nebraska basketball fans, there's there's not much that can be sold or told, quite frankly, with the current setup and current system as to why it'll be better. I mean, the the, the best thing you can do is be able to sell hope that it's going to change and it's not changed at all this season there's been some flashes of competitiveness but there's also some been some flashes of quit and that has been problematic and it's just the defense isn't locked in Uh, the defense isn't doing the job that they're they're supposed to do so uh, and on top of that you still have bad shot selection you still have I mean I look at lat and this isn't to pick on lat but he's one of your tallest dudes. He's your forward. And in, in almost 25 minutes of action, Lad had two rebounds. Right? And uh, you had Verge, who you can say a lot of things about Verge, but I, I think Verge wants to win. Right? I think that's – Verge wants to score points, but I think Verge thinks that the best way to, to help the team win is with him scoring points. And he had, I think, five turnovers last night, and I feel horrible for – a guy like Trey McGowan's, who he, he still looks like he's pressing. And only two turnovers for, for Trey last night, but there were still some really rough, couple of rough possessions where he tried to dribble into three people, gets it knocked away, and there you go. Um, uh, you did have Kobe come off the bench, six for 11 or five for 11 from uh, the bench. That was a little bit of a bright spot, but overall, too many turnovers by your guards, and despite winning the rebounding battle, uh, you're just not in any semblance of a good communication on that pick and roll, specifically with Northwestern and their size and their ability to shoot. Yeah, and I mean, from watching that game last night, about the only positive I took away was, A, the Huskers didn't give up at the end, even though it seemed far out of reach and the game was out of reach. The the Huskers kept on fighting and covered the spread late. Um, And then you also had the the cool factor that Bryce McGowan's broke the, the freshman scoring record. And he didn't do it in his most efficient outing. And uh, I guess that's kind of been the story of Bryce McGowan's this year. Is uh, he, he has been a little bit inefficient with the scoring. That's That's been the, the big knock uh, in addition to his defense. But cool that he was able to break the, the scoring record. He's probably been the most dynamic freshman that I've seen in, in my years watching Husker basketball. Here's the thing, though. Like, it's supposed to have been the like the the, the first one and done, and, and it probably will be for, for Bryce. You get a five-star and you've just – I don't want to say you've wasted the talent, but you don't get guys that are NBA draft ready that often. You just don't. Banton went in the second round last year. Roby went in the second round. Pike went in the first round. T. Lou went uh, in the first round. And T. left early, but still it was his junior year, right? You're getting a, you're getting a bona fide top five freshman in the country – and he's lived up to it. It's been flat out incredible for what Bryce has done and how he's he's jumped his game. But uh, the the surrounding parts haven't 
haven't helped, and Nebraska's uh, not in a good spot basketball-wise. Without further ado, let's check in with the uh, coach at Springfield Central, basketball and football. We welcome in and say hi to Coach Bill Watson. Coach, thanks for the time on Hale Varsity. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Well, thank you for your time. And, Coach, take us through the emotions of last night and uh, your son, Pop, uh, committing to Nebraska. What was the process like for, for your family? Um, I mean, last night was, was, was a great night. Um, one of the be- you know, I, I would say one of the you know, better nights um, in my life. And, and I say that um, because, you know, obviously, you know, anytime you can watch it, your children – um, have dreams, have have goals, aspirations, and you can help help them towards you know achieving those things, and then you can watch them achieve it. Um, you know, and, and sit back and just see the the happiness, you know, the excitement on your family's face. You know, for for any man, that's a that's a special moment, and, and that's what happened last night. You know, I got a chance to to see my son um, commit to a school. Um, one one of his goals has always been, you know, to to, to play. Um, in a big time program and, you know, he wants to play NFL football, uh, but this was the first, you know, this was the next step in that process. And, um, you know, it, it was just a great, a great feeling. Coach Watson, let's talk about Mark Whipple and his system and, and how your son at quarterback fits into what Whipple wants to do. Why is it, why is it connect so well? Well, I, I think that, you know, he, He's had a lot of experience throwing the football. I mean, he's he's got film, you know, going back to you know middle school, throwing you know close close to three thousand yards, and so he's he's seen a lot of concepts and he understands um, you know a lot about the passing game uh, versus you know some of the defenses that we've already seen, some of the vanilla defenses that that he's seen. Um, so when Coach Whipple starts to explain his offense, um, I think he understands the concepts, but I think the way that Whipple breaks the offense down and explains it to him is the process is something that he's already used to. Um, it's something that he, he's already, you know, been taught. But, um, you know, obviously um, when you get to college, it's, it's more complex and there's, there's a lot more uh, variables that go into each play. But when he asks questions, there are, there are clear answers and it's a clear understanding and the verbiage is the same verbiage that he's um, accustomed to. So I think he, he took quickly to the to the reads and the offense, and then um, we actually brought some of the concepts back to the high school, and we ran them this year. And um, you know, he, he they worked they worked well, all of them. Um, we ran some of them in the, in the state championship. We, you know, we ran like we we just kind of put packages off the the ideas that we got from there. So when you run the plays and you have that type of success, you know, you obviously um, you know you tend to like it uh, or love it a little bit more. So I just, you know, it's just a lot, a lot of things, communication-wise, understanding, so on and so forth, that where, where he connects with what Coach Whipple wants him to do on the field. Coach Watson, I've got about a minute till I have to take a break. I'd love to spend a couple more minutes with you after the break, if that works with your schedule. But in sure, about no 30 seconds or so here, uh, when it comes to, I guess, trust with, 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 Coach, Whip, with, with Coach Whipple, uh, was that one of the selling points, just – Coach Whipple's personality. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, and and um, him having spent time up here, you know, to understand. I played Division two football, and we played against Whipple when he was at University of New Haven as a head coach. And um, you know, me knowing the the job he did at that time, and then you know, kind of watching his career move on and the things he's done at every level, whether it be college, NFL, 
Um, and, and then just him as a person. You know, he's like I said, you know, you get a feel for coaches. He's always kept his word. Everything he said he was going to do, he's always done. And you don't get that a lot when you're talking to college coaches. I've, I've spoken to college coaches, and they told me one thing, and then a week later, you know, the, the opposite has happened. <laughs> so the trust is, it, from him is big. And then the rest of the staff. Really fast, did you win that game against New Haven back in the day? No, no. Um, <laughs> and, and, and to go a little further, we were actually the number one defense in, the, in Division Two at the time, or scholarship schools at Division II, um, going into the last three weeks, and they carved us up. <laughs> Coach uh, Bill Watson with us, uh, his son Pop committing to Nebraska. Coach Watson, hang on, we'll be right back with you, okay? Yes. Thank you. That's uh, Coach Watson, his son uh, Pop headed to Lincoln, the 2023 quarterback commit. We'll hear from Mike Babcock next segment as well. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging in. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Coach of Springfield Central, Bill Watson, his son, Pop, committing to Nebraska as uh, Coach Watson has stayed on the line with us. Coach, you, you touched on it last segment, but want to go a little bit further uh, how how early in your in your son's playing career were were schools in on him, and when was that? When did the recruiting process start for you and your family? Um, well, I I started taking him to one day camps when he was in sixth grade, and um, the reason I did it was not to get scholarships or anything like that. It was just to get him accustomed to what the one day camps look like, to get a feel because I. You know, my biggest thing is being, you know, him being from Massachusetts, and you know, the the you know, you, you read the the lack of respect that people from outside of the New England area give the state. Um, I wanted him to feel comfortable competing with anyone, and to understand that he couldn't go to a camp and be just as good as anybody. He had to go there, and he had to dominate the camp. He had to be first in line. He had to make all his throws. He, you know, he just had to stand out um, and be on another level just to to be looked at. And so, you know, I, I started that process, that mental process with him in sixth grade. And one of the camps we used to go to was, you know, obviously was UMass, but we went to several camps. And so he started getting familiar with uh, with some of the coaches, you know, at that time. And, you know, he was he was pretty good at a young age. You know, he played in some, some All-American games and, you know, did well for himself. So his name was out there um, at an early age. And then I would say coaches started – looking at him in eighth grade. You know, we started getting college coaches following his Twitter, um, so on and so forth. And then he, he received his first offer um, at the UMass Kent in eighth grade. Um, he, you know, he had just came from Penn State, um, actually, and, and got home like maybe three in the morning. And UMass Kent was like nine o'clock in the morning. And I was in 
um, in Mexico with my wife. And so he had to get himself up and get up and, you know, I had a friend of mine come take him to the camp. And he went there and he, you know, he had a great day. And, you know, UMass coaches called me. We were actually coming, getting off the plane. And it was like, listen, we couldn't let him leave here, you know, without offering him. Um, and that was his first offer. And then three games into his freshman year, um, Boston College offered. And then, the, you know, the interest started rolling from there. That's pretty amazing. Uh, Coach Watson's with us, his son Pop committing to Nebraska. So, Coach, let's put the, the father hat on and also the coach slash play caller hat. You, you, there's there's two dynamics there. And when you look at an offense, what 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 is your son's skill set and how are you as a coach did you try and tailor to that skill set? Well, I think that, you know, his – He's consistent. You know what you like. I, I don't think he's had a bad game um, since his first game freshman year. Um, every game, you know, he's he's always been prepared. He's always showed up and, and had a big game. Um, that is why, you know, as a program, we've been um, so successful. Um, he's very, you know, he's very consistent. Um, he's accurate. Um, you know, I've seen something where they said he was like sixty percent. He's he's been at sixty six percent. You know, for passing this year. Um, I think in the semifinals against the number one seed, he was 19 for 22 for over 400 yards. Like he he doesn't he makes his reads. Um, he knows where to go. If you know if the if the read or if the player that he was expecting to get the ball to doesn't get it, he knows where to go with the ball. He protects the football. Um, doesn't turn it over much. And um, he's just you know ha- having that type of per- you know player at the QB position um, opens up everything on offense. Um, it opens up the run game. We can get the ball. We have some some pretty good playmakers at the receiver position. We can get them the ball anytime we want, um, and, and we can make people pay. And he he's been um, accurate at all levels: short game, intermediate, deep ball. Um, you know, he, and he, and like I said, he's been that way since freshman year. Coach, tell tell me a little bit about this pop nickname. Uh, last night was the first time I had heard Papa as the name whenever I, I saw him on Twitter. So explain to me how that nickname started and, and what made it stick. Um, when he when he was little, and when I say little, I'm talking like you know two three years old. Um, my father, who you know was passed away since then, but um, he started calling him that, and the 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 reason he did is because um, he kind of was like bossing everyone in the house around, you know, like telling him, you know, what he wanted to eat, you know, kind of used to take food off the plate. And so, you know, my father used to say he thinks he's our father. Like he thinks he's, you know, at the top of the food chain and we're his kids. That's how he treats us. So he started calling them pop, um, you know, to say, as if to, like a joke to say, like, you're you're the father. You know, you're the boss. You, you tell me what you want and I'll get it for you. You know, our grandparents are, they, you know, grandkids, they think they're right all the time and they give them whatever they want. So, you know, that that was how it, it kind of started. Um, then we all kind of took to it because all three of us have the same name. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it gets kind of tough almost calling. You know, you feel like you're calling yourself anyway when you say the name. So, you know, we kind of just ran with it, and everybody kind of just started calling him that since, since he was two, three years old. Coach Watson's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. His son, Pop, uh, commit to, to Nebraska Great history with Coach Whipple and, and the system and the fit and the skill set. Last thought, Coach uh, Watson, and thanks for the time. It's wonderful to chat with you. Just your thoughts on the Nebraska program and, and uh, the direction it could go. Um, 
me personally, you know, I, I've been watching college football all my life. So I, I know Nebraska, you know, from back in the days when, when you, you had Mike Rogier and you had the Taylor and you had, you know, all of those studs at Nebraska and they were having wars with Jamel Holloway and the Oklahoma Sooners and, they, you know, the Miami Hurricanes and so on and so forth. Um, and I think it's a, it's a, you know, it's a sleeping giant. Um, I think if, if, you know, it starts going in the correct direction, um, I think it, it can. One of the, it's one of those programs that can jump right back to the top of the college football landscape. And when I watch it, and when we both watched, started watching Nebraska last year, <laughs> excuse me, um, what we saw was a team that was right on the cusp of doing it, but they were, you know, kind of running into a wall as far as not being able to finish off games. Um, maybe a little, you know, getting a little tense in the fourth quarter, so on and so forth. So um, I've seen that, but, I, you know, I've seen the losses, but i also seen a team that's right there. You're losing a lot of games by one score. That To me, that's more mental than anything else. And you add a couple of players and you get the right type of momentum going, all of those games could be wins. So from a talent standpoint and, you know, coaching and so on and so forth, they're right there. I think with the adjustments that Coach Frost made with the staff, um, not and I'm not just talking Whipple. I'm talking mm-hmm. about uh, Coach Joseph. Is it Mickey Joseph? Yeah, Mickey, Mickey Joseph, wide receivers yeah, coach. With, yeah. with him, you know, and, and just some of the new coaches that came in and the energy that they're providing with some of the kids that came in the transfer portal. Um, I, I think that they have a chance to be very good this year. I think that they will be one of the surprise teams in the country. And I think if that happens – and they start getting the right recruits in there. And when I say the right recruits, I'm talking about, I'm talking about you know kids that know how to win and know what it takes to win. And a lot of that work is done in the off season. Start getting some more kids like that in the program. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, now the next thing you know, they're competing for national championships. And I think it can happen. I think it's a process. Um, I think people have to be patient. Um, I think they have the right um, person at the head coach position. And Coach Frost, and I think he's hired the correct coaches around him, and and I think you know I think it's it's, it's game time. Like I expect to see big things from him this year, and I expect to start seeing big things from Nebraska from here on out, and that's why you know that's why he committed. You know he he doesn't know anything else but winning. He, you know, I, I can't remember the last time he hasn't won a championship, going back to youth football from the time he started, all the way through high school. You know he's he's won the, the state championship. Every year, the only thing that stopped stopped us one year was COVID, um, and not being able to play the state championship. So he wants to be a part of a winner, and the team, the team doesn't have to be there right now, but you know he wants to have the potential to win. That's what motivates him to play football, and um, you know we we truly believe Nebraska is that place. Coach Watson's with us. Did you get that vibe on your junior day visit? I mean, just just when it came to to peer to peer communication did did pop feel that way with some of the kids he was able to interact with yes yes he did he he, he definitely felt that um it was a good group of, uh, of kids um young men that that spoke to him um you know he didn't see the whole team but you know he talked to the staff um seen the investment that the school was making in the student athletes um you know as far as the new facilities um you know and, and the weight the weightlifting program and how they tie the you know the science into it and <clears throat> excuse me and, and just a lot of the, the the things that they have in the program um, 
and he loved all of that, you know, and, and that that was something that, you know, he felt that energy from the coaching staff. He felt, you know, you, you talk to some of those coaches and they it sound like they're ready to put a helmet and shoulder pads on themselves. And he likes being around coaches like that. He likes being around coaches that are confident, that pretty much walk like winning is something that belongs to them. And that's the kind of feel you got from those coaches. Like, there was no question that they were going to win next year. And, you know, that's something that got his, it got his juice flowing. And when we left, we were like, you know, he, he told me, he was like, I could be here. You know, I could see myself here for the next four or five years. Um, and I kind of just looked at him and nodded and said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll go back. And, you know, we spoke to Coach Frost that day and Coach Whipple. And, um, you know, I, of course I asked if, the offer was committable because that's, you know, one of the things you got, especially at the QB position, mm-hmm. you, a lot of times people only taking one. And um, at that time, you know, Coach Frost told him, we don't offer kids if, you know, if we're not prepared to accept, you know, the commitment. Um, so, you know, we went, we talked about it. He spoke to the coaches a little bit more and he, he made that decision, you know, so we'll be back up there for spring in the spring um, to watch spring spring practice or whatever, you know, whatever the case, and um, maybe the spring game. And um, he'll take an official, but he knew, you know, he knew that's where he wanted to be. And, um, you know, he had the, the, the process I really reset for him because he was down to two schools back in December. He was um, going to commit to either Pitt, where Coach Whipple was, or he was going to commit to Oregon because um, he had a great um, relationship with Coach Moorhead, who was the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator there. And it just so happens that Coach Cristobal and Coach Moorhead left Oregon, and then Coach Whipple left Pitt at the same time. So we pretty much was back to square one mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of trying to figure everything out. Uh, we were going to go go up to Ole Miss, um, you know, and, and maybe throw the football for them guys and, you know, kind of work there. He still had the Kentucky offer, which, you know, he liked. Um, Coach Woodward, who's the receiver coach up there, and Coach Cohen, um, but he w- he was not number one on their board. He was actually um, number three on the board. Mm-hmm. So they were going after two other kids. So you know we were kind of re- restarting the process. And the coach Whipple got to Nebraska and brought us up there. You know he when he called, he said, "You come up here, you're gonna love, you're gonna love this place. This place is, you know, we like Pitt, but he was like, you're going to love this place. And when we got up there, he wasn't lying. And it, it wasn't anything like we thought it was going to be. You know, I, I've never been in Nebraska before, so when I think of Nebraska, you know, I, I go by, and it, it sounds crazy, of course, because i am been, you know, been around a little bit, but I look at the logo, the, the mascot for Nebraska, I look at that corn husk, and I'm thinking I'm walking into cornfields and it's going to be farms. And, you and everybody, and man. The, <laughs> and I get to Lincoln, and it's nothing like that. It's, you know, it's a city atmosphere. You got nice nice restaurants and food everywhere. And I was like, wow, I, I didn't even know it was going to be like this. You know, I'm thinking that in my mind. He's loving it, going around. The people were, you know, were nice. They, you know, it was great up there. It was like... You know, I feel comfortable leaving leaving them up there. You know, um, so it, it worked out. And Junior Day was a great visit, um, and we're excited. I'm, you know, I'm excited um, to send him up there and, and watch him do his thing. He's got one more year here, so he's got to, you know, he want to win another state championship in football. He's playing basketball now. <clears throat> Excuse me, playing basketball now. Um, hopeful that he wins another state championship in basketball as well. He won one his freshman year. We didn't play. 
we couldn't compete for one, in, you know, in 10th grade. So we're making our run now for a state championship in basketball and you know, finish off his high school career, you know, on a, on a positive note. Um, make sure he gives everything he has here to his teammates, and then he's going to go to Nebraska and he's going to give Nebraska everything he has, you know, while he's up there. Coach Watson, it was a pleasure to chat with you. We'll do this again, and best to you and your family. Thanks for a few minutes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! We'll check in with Babbers later this week. Mike Babcock, we uh, ran long with Coach Watson. Thank him for his time. Thank Mike Babcock for his flexibility. God love Babbers. Um, Greg Smith next hour on Nebraska's new quarterback, Eddie Markowski on Husker Hoops. We welcome in Mike Shuhart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey, a little too cold for golf, but uh, it's going to warm up here. Spring's around the corner. And uh, before we dive into some Husker stuff, Shuey, what's your reaction here to uh, to, to Phil Mickelson's, uh, well, uh, interview that was apparently not completely off the record and some of the uh, scorched earth that he laid out against the PGA? Uh, I'm not uh, really sure. I've, I've been watching a lot of that, listening to a lot of that, and I think I'm kind of in the same boat as everybody else. A lot of disbelief. Um, trying to just figure out what the heck is he, what is he trying to do? I mean, nobody, everybody's in disbelief on what, what he really is doing. What is he trying to prove? What is so wrong with the PGA tour? And he's not making any statements on, on anything evolving and revolving around any of the issues that he has. So I don't, everybody just doesn't quite understand what, what he's doing, you know, but you got to know Phil a little bit. Phil is quite egotistical. Um, he, he definitely likes to be in the limelight of things, uh, front and center. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm in a, a lot of disbelief in somewhat. It doesn't surprise me because what I know of Phil, you know, I don't know him great, but I've been around him a little bit. I mean, he's, he's kind of a goofy guy. Mike Schuart's with us. You know, you know, Greg Norman and Phil teamed up with the, the Saudis for th- this golf project. And as it was kind of trying to get off the ground, I mean, what was your read on it? You, you, I mean, we've seen other instances in sports where this is attempted. And I think back to, well, the, the original USFL with some of the, yeah. the star power they, they drafted and paid, be it from Herschel to Rogier to Flutie to Jim Kelly. I mean, they, they, they didn't have the crowds the NFL got, but they got their, their spring league, and then it, 
It didn't last. We've seen other uh, other football leagues attempt it, uh, but w- yeah, was there any any th- any serious threat to the PGA in your opinion with this Saudi league? No, no chance. You know, Greg Norman's been trying to do this. He tried to do this. I don't know, ten or fifteen, twenty years ago. He tried to do this. He's still on this thing. You know, trying to create some type of a a mega tour or a star powered tour. Uh, but it'll never go. It'll never go because the PGA Tour has what the elite players want. Uh, the PGA Tour has, and, and that's what the other tours that try to become into existence don't have. You know, they have the they have the majors. The majors are what define great players. How many majors do you win? Masters, U.S. Open, British Open. You know, that you who cares if you win the the Saudi Open? I mean, it doesn't have the same clout that all this other – the, the PGA Tour has. So, I mean, you're gonna, you can get some players to go, but your star-powered players want to be able to be eligible to play for the major championships. Um, so the other tours don't exist unless you, unless you get the star-powered players to play. Well, they're not going to go because you take away really what it is that they want – that what they really want. So it's like, and that was evident. I mean, you look at, I think Phil overestimated a little bit uh, the clout that he think and the relationships that he had thinking he was going to get 30 of the top players to go over there. And man, the minute they hit the fan, those guys were like, no, thank you. I mean, so he had no one in his corner. And so right there is evidence that he, he really didn't have the backing that he thought he had, you know, and money is not, uh, especially these guys, you know, he's talking about all oh, playing for all this money. Yeah. Money is very important, but I mean, you have hundreds of millions of dollars already, these guys. So just winning a tournament for a lot of money is, yeah, it's important, but a major is way more important to them. So they don't have what these guys want. You, you can't put a price tag on the green jacket and a discussion, no. right? End of discussion. You can't. The Wanamaker Trophy, you can't. I mean, there's just one. There's only one of those. And it's like, they don't have that. I don't care how many millions you're going to give me. It's not a green jacket. A thought on Zach Johnson uh, with the Ryder Cup captain, uh, ESPN reporting that. Uh, interesting. I mean, well-deserved. I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a guy that is very, very liked out there, very respected out there, uh, incredibly respected out there. I mean, he's a, he's a incredible talent, you know, especially a great background of coming from Drake University where he wasn't even the number one player on their team to doing what he's done. So he has a tremendous amount of respect from all the players out there. Um, so and he'll assemble a really good team around him too. So great pick. I mean, probably a little younger than I've would thought, you know, I thought maybe a few years away from him being picked, but no, he'll be a good one. Mike Schuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey, uh, about 90 seconds here. Uh, Husker basketball, uh, Friday night, Iowa. Uh, slim, none, or good chance Nebraska puts up a fight Friday night? Uh, there's no way they can win any basketball game, even at their best. Another team can't play bad enough for them to beat anybody. I mean, that's the only chance they have to win a game because they're not good. I mean, they, they, they play bad basketball. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand what they're trying to do, how they do what they do. 
I just I'm befuddled with that. So there's there's no way. It is even their best basketball they play, they cannot beat a team. They can't. They they don't do any. They play horrible defense. They shoot horrible threes. That's all they do. They 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 have no ball screens. They don't cut to the basket. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I just don't get it. Should we they add- dribble down the court? They dribble down the court and sh- shoot up a three. How many times has the guy grabbed the rebound? And that same guy is still dribbling down the court to the hoop. Every every I just don't get it. Should we, I'll never get it. Should we, we got this recorded, so we'll play it back for you if you end up being wrong about the game Friday night. She's <laughs> <laughs> right. like, bring it on. Should we about twenty <laughs> seconds? What what's going on at Wilderness, Bud? How about memberships? They're going great. I mean, every day somebody's coming in. We're signing up somebody. I mean, progress is happening. A lot of construction on the inside of the building. You can see the transformation starting to take place, and then the pool. So um, it, it's super exciting. People are excited about it. So we're we're got a lot of interest. People are coming out every day. Uh, like I said, signing up and and waiting for the season to get started. So uh, come on out and see what we have. So I think. People will be very pleasantly surprised, and it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a really fun summer. Shuey, we'll see you soon, buddy. Thank you so much for the time. You bet. Thank you. Stay safe. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good first hour. Big thanks to Mike Shuart. Uh, a tip of the cap to Mike Babcock. And uh, Coach Bill Watson, his son, Pop Watson, committing to Nebraska. Greg Smith in 10 minutes. Eddie Markowski next hour on the State of Nebraska basketball. Reminder to get buckled up. Game preparation and repetition predicts success in winning. Drivers and vehicle passengers who always use their seatbelts will increase their survival chances if a crash should happen. Remember, to always buckle up, a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. John's with us. John, go ahead. How you doing? Always a good show. Thanks, man. Uh, I'm not going to run down Holberger and the other coaches. The thing we need to do as Nebraska fans is to do a white paper looking at the regions, our chancellors, our presidents, our athletic directors. The chain of command is what builds a athletic program or a good business or a marriage or a family, and the whole thing has fallen apart. And we need to have an independent investigation going back at least to where Frank Sulich got let go and look at this whole situation. Oh, we're just going to make the same mistakes. And I feel sorry for our new athletic director that's in there right now, but he's going to be caught up in this quicksand. And I just, I just hope some solid heads go in and look at what the heck's going on. You know, John, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, well, I, mean, I have one more quick thing. Sure, sure. Okay. Why, if, if Holberg wants to be around, have him come in and say, I'll take a two-thirds reduction in my salary. That, that's okay. got to be, John, that's got to be what, what the option is because you, you can't, you can't keep going on with this. Buyout. If, put it on the line. If he thinks he can do it, then put it on the line and let him come back like Scott Frost did. John, thank you for the phone call. Um, listen, we, we can't – you want to go investigate who and why 20 years ago? I mean, it, it's it's going to cost money. It's going to cost time, and you're going to what's happened happened. You move on. You just pray that you have good leadership. And listen, as 
the, the academic side don't know sports, never have. They hire people in positions of power to run the sports side of things. And they get a recommendation on who to hire, who you're listening to. And you might listen to the right person, and it could be the wrong hire. I mean, who who'd have thought the Moose would uh, would have missteps with, with the, the basketball hire? None of us did. Not because of Moose's basketball hiring history, but because of Fred's history. Uh, as far as Frost, there's not a guy in the state or a gal in the state that didn't want Scott to come back here. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a chance to reset with some more um, experienced coaches, some some real go-getters on the recruiting trail, guys who get Nebraska. It, it, it could be okay. Basketball's just been a flat-out nightmare, and people were sick of the the, the, the Miles era, too, because he wasn't winning enough. See, and my only question with this whole argument of restructuring Hoiberg's contract is what's the incentive for him? With with Frost, we knew Pride. Frost, Frost had, a, had a, a vested interest in wanting to get it right around here. But with Hoiberg, I go, I mean, if I'm Hoiberg, as opposed to lessening my contract for maybe another bad season Each, next year, I just take the $18.5 million. But, see, I don't, I, Fred doesn't, I, I, I dare Fred, you Fred does not strike me as this ski-masking-gun stick-up artist that's all about greed. There's pride that Fred has, and it's this is killing his reputation, quite frankly. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Uh, we'll be posting the uh, interview with Coach Williams, the proud dad and, oh yeah, head football coach of Springfield Central. Pop Williams, the quarterback, commit last night. Greg Smith, recruiting insider all over it. We've even pulled Greg into the stream yard as he is smiling in his home studio, his home office. I uh, can watch Greg Smith right now. Uh, do so on the ESPN Lincoln Facebook feed and also the ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle at ESPN Lincoln. I uh, I have not warmed up, Greg. I'm still wearing a stocking hat, and that's kind of how uh, I'm going about things. And, and Elijah looks like he just shot a deer. I'm layered up in the studio over here. <laughs> so, uh, Greg, you're warm, and, and you were in the you what you were in the uh, I want to say what Florida, California. Where'd you go for a little vacay, bro? Uh, so you guys are gonna groan. I was I was in the Bahamas. Oh, uh, I was just saying a- islands. Did Greg go to the <laughs> yeah. islands? I did go to the islands. Um, <laughs> I was hanging out out there. Uh, we went to Nassau, uh, St. Thomas, and St. Kitts. 
uh, and had a fantastic time. The weather was nothing like this mess that we're dealing with here. Um, I did not bring it back. I apologize. We've had decent weather. We haven't had uh, Bahaman weather. Did you uh, did you go seafood crazy or just hang out at the beach or water? Or what did you do before we get to football? Uh, all of the above. Um, I think I had my weight in double pina coladas. We figured out um, a couple of nice little spots to, that they would give us like uh, floaters of extra uh, rum. So that worked out really well, uh, depending on who you ask. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> There's Greg, <laughs> five-star hangover. Oh, I love it. I love it. So let's talk about Pop Williams, Springfield Central. Greg, I'm I'm interested in your take because we, we've heard Nebraska talk a lot about refocusing in on in-state. We've heard a lot about Nebraska focusing on the region. And you've got Cole out of Iowa. You got Johnson out of uh, North Wichita. You got Flores out of Gretna, all really talented kids. Uh, to Elijah's point, he touched on Walters that, that didn't end up getting a, a long enough look by Nebraska, and he's down at North Alabama. Uh, that said, you've got a great history and connection from Whipple uh, with the Watson family. So what's your reaction and take here, immediately here, going this far east for a quarterback that he's wowed all of us. I mean, th- this is really nice, a top 35 quarterback in the country for Nebraska to get. Yeah, I, I think the, the very first thing after, hey, Nebraska's getting a quarterback and that's great for them for 2023 was, my thought was, man, it's going to be a huge talking point that they skipped over a handful of guys, um, it seems, that are a lot closer by, right? And that, I think that the situations are all slightly different. I think that with Avery Johnson out of Kansas, I think that Nebraska really liked him, but I think Nebraska got in too late. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a situation, though, where you can have a conversation um, about why was it that Nebraska got in so late? It's not like he's far away. He's just over in Kansas. Nebraska probably should have been recruiting him sooner, right? Um, so you can, you can go there with that one. With J.J. Cole, um, I really like him as a prospect. I've said here and many places in, in writing and otherwise that I think he's going to end up somewhere in the Big Ten. He just looks like a Big Ten quarterback to me um i just don't know about the ultimate fit with scott frost and mark whipple's offense there right i think that you're going to see a little bit of a shift in the offense but i don't know if they were ready to go all the way to a pro style quarterback the zane Flores situation out of gretna i don't have a great explanation for that one i don't know why it is that nebraska has not really um had much contact with him at all i do know that like they obviously have not offered him but they're not having much contact at all with him um so there's something missing there for them that is not necessarily missing for these schools in the big 12 um especially here recently but there is a lot to like about pop watson we talk about pop watson and and with his dad kind of laying out where they were at they started doing camps at a young age uh, he has had to like over deliver the way his dad put it, the way I read and re- listened and heard it, because there's just I don't want to say a stigma, but Massachusetts isn't known as a football state per se. So every camp that that uh, Pop had to go to, he had to just crush it to kind of Heisman off, so to speak. That well, he's from Massachusetts, so th- there's always kind of been that chip. Uh, on his shoulder, and and he's thrived well. I know he's a three-star. I know he's six foot. I know he's 180. But, man, uh, he looks really, really fun. 
fun's the word for me at quarterback, and you can be fun if you don't turn it over. Greg, he's been really good in high school at taking care of the football. Yeah, he definitely has. I think just seven or eight interceptions, I think, in, in, overall in his career. And he's been a three-year starter um, out of high school in Massachusetts. They won the state championship all three of those years. I'm sure they'll be poised to make another deep run this year. The thing that kind of, uh, besides him taking care of the football, which you find out from the stats, watching him on film, I think it's a really accurate arm. I think that a lot of times, too, you hear, you, know, you mentioned a good word, stigma. You hear kind of that stigma or stereotype of quarterbacks that are smaller, that have really good athleticism, that they're not really that accurate with the football. Um, and that's not the case with Pop Watson. I think that he's a really good passer, both in the intermediate and with the deep ball, um, as far as his accuracy. And I think that that can really help um, moving forward, especially as you think about it, it all kind of works together. Nebraska kind of accumulating a lot of weapons on the outside. We've been talking about that here over this offseason. You're always probably going to have that with Mickey Joseph around, right? And so him having weapons to throw to to put the ball on time accurately um, is a big deal. Now, Greg, you can stop me if I'm making too lofty of a comparison here, but when I look at the the size, the the effortless uh, aspect of, of the deep ball and, and just everything I'm seeing with him, it almost strikes me like a, a, an unpolished Russell Wilson. Is that too lofty of an expectation to put on him? Probably. Um, too lofty of an I said Kyler Murray. So <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to say, actually. Is that someone mentioned me earlier, uh, Steve Mark here at Hill Varsity, um, said, yeah, you kind of reminds me of Kyler Murray. And I'm like, whoa. So we go Kyler Murray, go Russell Wilson. Um, yeah, that's probably a bit much. Um, but I can see how you got there. Uh, based on the play style and kind of some of the traits um, that they all have. If, if he turns out to be either one of those guys, I think that everybody will be thrilled. Uh, but I'm, I'm just really interested in, and we won't find this out until December um, when Coach Frost and Whipple are able to actually publicly talk about him. But what drew Mark Whipple to him, or to Pop Watson from such a young age? Like, that's something that I'm really intrigued by. Um, and it's usually some of those intangibles that are going on there. They've crossed paths a lot. I think it's one of those guys that Whipple saw early. It'll be great to hear from him, though. You're right. Greg Smith with us, Recruiting Insider with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at Greg Smith HVs, where you follow him on Twitter. But I think I think Whipple's seen this kid enough to, to, to know. And Whipple's track record, some of the quarterbacks he's worked with, he's inherited. Some of the quarterbacks he's worked with, he's went out and got. And the the conclusion's been the same they've he's worked with good quarterbacks whether he helped make them good or he got them good Right. Yeah. And I think that that is something that um, the Watson family really likes about Mark Whipple is if you're going to trust your quarterback son um, to someone, I think that, that that Mark Whipple is someone that you definitely look at um, based off of his track record and his experience. And I know when I talked to Watson um, back after he came out here for junior day and got the offer from Nebraska, he was really excited just about the overall offense and the way that Whipple always seems to have an answer for what the defense is doing. You can tell he's also a cerebral kid and he's got a high GPA as well um, and all of those things you can kind of tell from talking to him and the family you can see how Whipple would really gravitate towards them let's talk about this controlled passing game that we're going to expect I think that's kind of the signature on on a Whipple offense they'll he gets the the, the, the need to run the football in the Big Ten and run the football in November uh, in the Big Ten but that said uh, offenses are, are throwing the football and 
even West Coast offenses. I might have said a dirty word to some Nebraska fans, but the, the, the dump off to the tight end or the back out of the backfield is the same number as a run between the tackles for, for plus four, plus five. Now, one grinds away and, and body punches you, one's more finesse. I get it. But when, when I look at Whipple and this controlled passing attack, Greg, am I nuts? I mean, I, I think the check down, I think the, the tight end, I think the out route, and I also know that they can go up top. But that's, to me, what I envision seeing Nebraska doing with their passing game. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a little bit different in a, in a departure from what you're used to seeing over the last handful of years, right? You're used to seeing, um, boy, we're, talking about, we're going to just say all of the dirty words with the swing passes um, and, and all of that. Like, oh, boy, I see you guys looking right now. See what it is. As soon as I, I said West Coast um, offense, you say swing pass. We both need to go to the swear yeah, jar, right? Yeah, they're going to run us both out of here. Um, and so that's fine, though. We'll, we'll, we'll bounce back. Um, but instead of that, I do like the idea of mixing in more of those dump-offs checkdowns and in part because when you think about the players that Nebraska is trying to recruit at skill positions there's a lot of guys that could potentially be a make one miss one guy miss and then take off for additional yardage I think that that adding that element to the offense um, would be much welcome especially on a low percentage passing play um, like those um, dump offs or the little underneath routes to the tight ends Um, if we see Nebraska mix in some slants I know you and I have talked about that love the slant route yeah, especially with some of the wide receivers that they have, right? You throw a slant to, to Omar or Xavier, even Trey Palmer, and see if he can just get loose. Um, that would be a welcome sight for Husker fans, too. You know how many years in the Fiesta Bowl or the Orange Bowl, I, as a kid, I'm watching, oh, there's Tameric Vanover, slant route, gain of 17. I mean, everyone else ran a slant route against Nebraska. Uh, payback would be fun uh, to, to throw the, the heck out of the slant rod. And then when Nebraska does run it, it's Michigan State overtime. Just stop. <laughs> oh, boy. So, okay, so Elijah wanted to get in here with, with the dirty situation. So, I guess it's fine. Greg, uh, some thoughts here on spring ball. We'll get a chance to see uh, the coaches at, at a roundtable setting Monday. That'll be great. Coach Frost will kind of set the table for us. And then uh, a few players as well. Some of the names that are new from the portal, presumably, which which will be great to hear from them. But give me five or six guys that that kind of got to go do it now. Uh, it's it's really maybe an hour never for them this spring. Man, there, there's a lot of guys uh, kind of in that situation. Noah Pola Gates um, was the first guy that came to mind for me at safety. Uh, anytime you add that many defensive backs uh, to the room, uh, you, you need to have your head on a swivel and be ready to come to work. Um, I, I think of guys that are still kind of young, like a Jamari Butler, I mm-hmm. think is another guy that I think of. Blaze Gunnerson kind of fits in that same role. Both guys that have got really good talk, um, both publicly and behind the scenes from the coaching staff. Um, but if they can provide something this year, um, it would be big. Um, there's a number of guys on the offensive line, even guys that we've seen play. Um, Ethan Piper um, is a guy that this spring is really, really big for him. Um, even a, a guy that showed promise and then kind of fell off and now you're kind of wondering and people really aren't talking about him Bryce Benhart Mm -hmm. um, on the offensive line as people are kind of searching to see who's going to replace him potentially um, and then really pick a running back right (laughs) like whichever running back and probably if you want to 
narrow it down, it would be Jacques Yant, um, who really needs to show what he can do and that he's both ready, ready to take steps on and off the field uh, because it's not going to get any easier at running back for him to try to get snaps as we continue to have guys either come in uh, mid-year, last in January, they were here for winter conditioning, a couple of more on the way uh, when, when the summer hits. Uh, but there's a lot of guys on the Brasses roster that are improvement mode this spring, which will make for a really fun spring for all of us. We'll see how it goes for the players. Greg Smith's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Greg, a name that's almost flown under the radar even through the fall is because of injury and now into the spring has been Thomas Fedoni. Husker fans were pretty excited with what they had in Fedoni and the injury kind of uh, curtailed that just a little bit. But do you think he, he's going to step into a role where he's expected to be the number two tight ender or, or is it going to be a, a battle with Brewington to see who's going to be on the field more? I think that most most people probably expect him to expect Fedoni to end up being the number two tight end. Um, and if he's going to do that, he's got a great opportunity to show what he can do this spring. Unfortunately for Travis Bokelek, he's out for the spring, as Scott Frost said uh, last month, but or earlier this month, but that's going to give Thomas Fedoni all the reps that he can handle, right? And that means he can show if, that he's ready 100% off of that injury and he can start to live up to the promise uh, that he had when he was the number one tight end in the country coming out of high school. It's a big, a big spring for him, but in a way for him to just take steps, the expected steps that we think he's going to take. Greg Smith talking recruiting spring football at Tail Varsity Radio at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. Greg, what's next for Nebraska? Uh, on the recruiting trail or even in the portal here. I know we've got a few weeks of spring ball. We're excited to see, but um, there'll be some attrition, which means potentially some openings for Nebraska to continue to add to their roster. Yeah, I think on the, the traditional recruiting front, I think Nebraska is going to continue to try to push for more early commitments, and I think they're still in a good position um, with various guys around the country, um, especially here locally. Like, I think a lot of attention is, is turning to Malachi Coleman and Maverick Noonan, both guys um, Nebraska 100% wants in the recruiting class sooner than later. We'll see how that shakes out with both of them. And then in the portal, I, I still think that you need a, a big guy or two uh, to still come to the roster, both on the offensive line and the defensive line but with the spring it's going to provide those guys on the roster already an opportunity to say hey wait a second you don't need to keep adding so many guys i'm here and that could go for a number of different positions which is going to be a really fun storyline sledge was a nice ad 15 seconds here greg uh, nebraska's biggest competition for malachi coleman is who also from maverick noonan for Malachi Coleman right now, I would say Minnesota, though there are a lot of teams trying to emerge in that one. Um, and then with Noonan, that offer for St from Stanford um, is generally a little bit of a game changer. It makes guys uh, kind of perk up and say, wait a second, things are going differently with my recruiting. Uh, so I'll put Stanford as another team to watch out for with the Noonan situation. Greg, we'll see you soon. Uh, thanks for uh, bringing the island weather next week to us. Uh, great stuff uh, on the, the Pop Watson coverage and appreciate your time, man. Hey, thanks. You guys have a great week. All right. Uh, Andy Markowski's next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Husker Standout and assistant at Pius, uh, Andy Markowski, with us at Markowski underscore Andy on Twitter. Andy, it's been a week. What do you know, man? How are you? Yeah, just right in the thick of uh, hoop season, right? Men's basketball with uh, Huskers, women's basketball in high school. So it's a great time of the year. Juggling it. We'll start with uh, the men last night. Uh, I, I, they may be covered, uh, say some friends in the desert, but it was still 
Uh, kind of much of the same with with Northwestern, just just drilling threes. Eddie, as you've coached and you've you've played, you know, diagnose just what what's your theory on on the perimeter defense? Is it lack of attention defensively? Just as a, as an emphasis uh, by Nebraska, is it just lack of execution? Is it as simple as can't do it or won't do it? What do you, what do you think is it's gotten worse? I mean, it, everyone has a career high from three against Nebraska. Yeah, it's it's all the above, Chris. I mean, their their uh, you know inability to to switch and, and do some things on the on ball uh, with ball screens hurts them. You know their shot selection puts them in a in a in a tough spot with transition defense. Uh, their perimeter, you know, defenders aren't great at, at controlling penetration. So you know we end up having to to help a lot on on dribble drive, which creates you know open step up threes. Uh, their inability to offensive rebound creates some kick out opportunities. So it's it's not. Attention to the scouting report. You know, I, I think there's times that, you know, they have to be there on the catch or close out to a shooter or, or run a shooter off the three-point line. And their attention to the scouting report de- details, which is crucial at, at that level, is not there. So, you know, it, it's not one thing. It, it, it's a combination of, you know, they're just not, not very good defensively and, and you know, struggle uh, with some of the matchups in, in the Big Ten by, by just playing against better players and better teams. Eddie Markowski with us. Should they be better? Is that a fair ask? I mean, with what what the the, the roster looks like, should they be better, or is it just uh, they're just there's no hope because they're facing better talent? Yeah, at this point, Chris, you are you are who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, a lot of these kids didn't have. Um, you know, a lot of data coming in. You know, I mean, Walker, you know, was transfer. I thought at times last year did some good things. I mean, Mayan, you know, was 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 a transfer. Ended up in junior college and, and back. I mean, Verge, uh, you know, offensively was had a lot of accolades, but you know, was there a reason why? You know, he he didn't play in crucial minutes mm-hmm. you know, at times at, at Arizona State. You know, McGowan as a freshman, you knew that there would be uh, deficiencies. Uh, Tomanaga, uh, the knock on him coming out was, you know, he great, you know, good shooter, but wasn't athletic enough to defend, you know, at the BCS level. So, you know, you start to dissect um, the, the onion a little bit, and, and you realize that, you know, offense is great, but in, in this league, you have to be able to defend, rebound, grind it out, uh, have toughness. And, you know, up to this point, uh, Fred has not been able to put a roster together that, that can do those things. And, you know, it's why you're last in the conference. So a thought with Nebraska and, and Fred, you know, this is the third consecutive 20 loss season. COVID was COVID. You had to kind of scramble when you came in after year one when, when Tim left. But this was this was supposed to be the, the year. And Andy, I just the, just the feedback we get from fans, it's not just the, the, that they're losing, it's, it's how they're losing. And like hope has disappeared. Uh, so it's just a tough conversation for Trev. It's got to be just brutally tough for Fred to continue to go through this. And, and you know, his staff and his assistants, there's still uh, a lot of regular season basketball left. Well, I mean, that, that window's closing. And then you have uh, the Big Ten tournament. But uh, if you were to guess, is this something – is Fred the a type of guy that wants to – 
write this wrong? Or is Fred the type of guy that says, look, this ain't working. I've got health concerns potentially because he does. I mean, he's he's a, a young guy, but he's had heart issues. I mean, is it time to just step away and, and take a deep breath and look at something new? Yeah, and, I, and I'm not going to crawl into, into Fred's mind and, mm-hmm. and, and speculate. You know, certainly th- this is miserable, right? I mean, lo- losing is, is is miserable at any level. I mean, you know, high school level, junior high level, uh, to, to have the eyes uh, on you at the University of Nebraska, the Big Ten, um, and be responsible for, for you know, consecutive, uh, you know, 20-loss seasons. Um, you know, you have to start asking yourself, you know, how, how can I fix it? And, you know, if you, if you don't have a good answer to that, you know, then you have to start wondering, you know, is, is, this, is there an exit strategy that, that's fair for, for, for the staff and, and fair for the university and fair for the fans? Um, now, he, he's under contract, right? I mean, I think Fred's a competitor, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure he, you know, as any competitor, thinks, you know, he, he can figure it out and make some changes and, 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 and find ways to – to write the ship, uh, I, I question that. I, I just haven't seen enough uh, where, where if the roster resets, which I think everybody anticipates to some capacity, it, it's going to reset. Um, you know, you position Bryce McGowan's your best player as a five-star one and done, right? So that's been the one, you know, one positive, and, and, and you're not going to have that piece to build upon. Maybe you will. You know, I, I don't know where, where his mind's at, but the, the whole time, you know, when he was recruited, it was – kind of a one-and-done uh, situation for him. So so the fact that you're looking at another rebuild in, in, in year um, four, what, what you know, as an administrator, do, are you really going to sign up for that one? There hasn't been a lot of signs pointing you in the direction that this coaching staff, you know, does have the answers or, or can put a product into the Big Ten to, to be successful. Um, so, you know, whether or not Fred – Walks away from it. Uh, I, I'm sure. I'm, I'm assuming he's not going to walk away from 18 million. If, if that's a legit contract, they're going to have to be creative in, in, in how that gets resolved. Um, and then, you know, Trev Albers is going to have to make a, a, a really hard decision on if they don't feel Fred has an understanding of how it can be fixed and a good game plan around that. Uh, you know, you, I think you have to part ways and, and move in a different direction. Andy, do you think that? the decision has already been made or are Trev's already leaning one way or another based on the results of this season. I mean, I think a lot of Husker nation is, has fallen off the, the Fred Hoiberg bandwagon. They're ready to see what else could happen. Uh, do you think that, that Trev is in the same boat or do you think there's still something that can be done in these last couple of games that could save Fred's job? I don't think it comes down to, you know, you win, you know, win the last four and, you know, I think maybe Bill Callahan had a scenario like that or, you know, where you needed to win so many games to save your job. I, I think Travis probably made his assessment of, of where the program is at. You know, certainly some apathy has set in, which is which is pretty alarming, um, you know, at, at this stage of, of, of somebody's coaching tenure. Um, you know, I, I think you have to let let the season play out and then, then listen to, uh, you know, Fred as, as what, what, what is he going to change or what can he change to – to offer resolution to, to a, a tough situation. I, I think Trev will allow all that to play out. But um, as a good AD, you know, I mean, I, I remember interviewing Bill Byrne um, as part of a grad project in, in 1999, and Bill Byrne said, hey, I keep a list of three or four coaches in my desk drawer uh, knowing that I might have to make a move quickly, whether either coach leaves or you have to terminate a coach. So I'm, I'm assuming Trev has started that process and, and has a feeling of, of maybe what, 
you know, what candidates are out there and which candidates might be interested in Nebraska. So um, I, I don't think win and losing is going to going to save, um, you know, Fred's Fred's job. Um, you know, I, I think the, the, the vision and the future is, is probably a postseason uh, exit interview, um, unless the bottom falls out more than it has. And, you know, you might have to come in and make a decision, um, you know, even before the end of the season, which which I don't love. I, I don't think Trev will – We'll do that with, I think there's four regular season games and, and, and one, you know, Big Ten game. But, um, yeah, I, I, I got a feeling that, that a decision uh, is, is pointed towards making a change uh, just on the, the premises. If the roster is going to reset, you, you might as well reset it, you know, with a, with a new coach um, that, that maybe gives you a, a different vision uh, to be successful in the Big Ten. Eddie Markowski, Husker standout, assistant over at Pius with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Andy, the, the next question is, do you get a – if there is a change, do you look at some, some names that have had success, i.e. a Turgeon, or do you look at the, the route Arizona's gone, or, or can you? I mean, what's what, what are the prospects like for a Nebraska? Well, I mean, great question. You know, I'm on record of being critical of, of, of the Tim Miles hire where it fit the, the profile of other failed mid-major coaches, right? And, you know, Tim grew on me and, and you know, was a very likable guy. You know, Tim had a, you know, had an energy and an ability to build the program at least where it, it was competitive, you know. Um, I'm on record of saying I, I thought Fred's hire was a home run, you know, so that tells you that maybe I'm not the right the right guy to, to ask, but – yeah, I think everything's in play. I think you can win at Nebraska. I do think comparing, you know, the Nebraska job now to to what Danny Nee did in the '90s is very different. Um, you know, the Big Eight was 14 games, Big 12 was 16. You're, you're playing a 20 game league schedule in a, in a very well coached, uh, you know, very well supported conference. Um, you know, so so getting to the NCAA tournament, I think, is a is a, is a possibility at Nebraska. I believe that with the facility and the arena and, and all that. So, you know, somebody is is going to want the job. Um, I believe, you know, if the right person gets the job, they can win. Um, but, you know, I, I've 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 really struggled on. I thought Fred had all the attributes to attracting a, a level of kid that could be competitive in the Big Ten. Um, and and they just haven't up to this point been able to to, to, to do that. So maybe you got to go back to a program builder and, and, and somebody that's going to put a product on the floor that fights and competes and, and does a lot of little things. Um, you know, which the Nebraska fans tend to to appreciate that more than the flash. Andy, a thought on the Husker women tonight uh, road game as they are uh, at Wisconsin. Uh, from your viewpoint, how's how's the morale? How how are the the, the women doing uh, with with the with what they've had to kind of go through this week. Yeah, I, you know, obviously I have a daughter on the team, so you know, so you hear um, you know bits and pieces, but you know, th- those are internal matters, Chris. I, I really think the leadership on the team has has shown to be strong. Um, I, I think the the togetherness of the team is is there. Um, you know, they're going on the road against a, you know a bad Wisconsin team, but a, a team that still can can upset you if, if you don't play well. So I, I do think the team's, you know, in, in, a, in a good spot mentally to, to finish the season strong. And, you know, if they do that, they're looking at a six to seven, an eight seed and then state tournament, which, you know, gives you a chance to, to win a first round game. So I think that's where their mind's at. 
um, you know, win tonight, and then there's a big game at home Sunday against, uh, you know, a, a, probably a better Northwestern team than maybe their their record and their reputation. So hopefully fans come out and, and support them on Sunday in their last home game. Andy, we'll be seeing you, bud, uh, for uh, state basketball. Best uh, to you guys uh, tonight and, and this weekend, and thanks for the time today. All right. Thanks, Smitty. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy. Back in with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Dr. Brandon, what do you know? Not much, buddy. I'm not liking this uh, weather change. We got pretty spoiled last Sunday. <laughs> oh, I, I, the grill was going and times were good, man. <laughs> oh, drastic change. Right on. Well, uh, a big time change for the Suns as they're uh, 48 and 10. They're back at it post-All-Star break, and their uh, leader, uh, Chris Paul the third CP3, uh, uber-talented. I think he's in his 38th year. I'm kidding, in the NBA, but he's the <laughs> ageless wonder out of Wake Forest but has a thumb fracture that will keep him out six to eight weeks. Now, he did log some minutes in the All-Star game with his thumb wrapped, I wonder how you can play in the All-Star game and and then be out six to eight weeks. I wonder if there's some load management mixed in here, given his age. But let's talk about this this thumb fracture and, you know, how detrimental it could be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the what they mentioned, at least some of the reports that are putting out there, is, you know, doing a recheck in about six to eight weeks. Uh, obviously, there's going to be – there'll be some imaging they take along the way with some x-rays, and I'm assuming they'll probably, you know, re-image him in like an MRI probably. Um, and what's interesting is they talked about, you know, shooting an MRI of this. Uh, my assumption here is the fact that if they're not going to do surgery, they're going to just rest it, watch it. Um, that is probably something you couldn't really see in an x-ray. That's probably more they're seeing a significant inflammation on that MRI that would show kind of some bony, what we call bony edema or inflammation fluid within the bone, kind of right where that ligament attaches. And that's probably where they're calling the, you know, avulsion fracture, if you will. And essentially what avulsion fracture is, is where a, a ligament attaches onto the bone and it kind of either A, pulls that bone away from where it's supposed to be or pulls on enough that it creates maybe a little tiny crack line, but that bone hasn't completely moved away. Um, and it sounds like that's probably the scenario he's in where it's more of a kind of non-displaced issue where that piece hasn't moved. 
Um, <clears throat> with these, yeah, you would think they'd want to be a little bit more careful with him if they're going to arrest him and treat these non-operatively. Letting him play in the All-Star game is, is kind of an interesting deal, um, but obviously we don't have all the imaging and, and history behind it. Uh, but from that perspective, <clears throat> looking at about six or eight weeks, so hopefully back by playoff time is what they're talking. Um, that sounds you know pretty reasonable. Obviously, if things you know change drastically here with the imaging things they're doing, then you have to start talking about you know a surgical intervention, which again would potentially be even a longer timeout. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, a junk doc Wednesday, CP3, our topic. Dr. Brandon, we've all jammed our thumb uh, either back in the day or in the driveway. Is there a pretty distinct difference, in your opinion, talking with patients or even maybe having it yourself, between jamming your thumb and then the fracture we're talking about here with CP3? Yeah, you know, especially at that level, you know, the amount of games that somebody like that has played and, you know, being used to you know, having your know, quote unquote jam fingers, uh, usually you just, you notice something's different. Uh, either A, that the pain level's different, uh, the swelling level might be different. There's usually some kind of intangible there, maybe multiple, that indicates it's different. Um, you know, and from this perspective, you know, you start talking about anywhere where there's kind of a fracture in the area, you're really going to lose quite a bit of, you know, range of motion typically. Um, and where this most likely is, again, they're not being super specific about where out along that uh, bone in the thumb where this injury is. I can just kind of assume where it is. Um, that ligament that attaches to that area is really critical with kind of gripping, palming the ball all that kind of control. And so that's going to be a, a pretty significant issue uh, for him. Um, and obviously it must be that I would assuming he's probably noticing a big difference from this versus just your kind of run of the mill, you know, kind of thumb sprain, finger jam. Dr. Brandon, let's talk uh, what, what would be done surgery wise and, and where you'd need to go in. And then just from a, from a recovery and healing standpoint timeline. Yeah, and so the you know, kind of two areas if, if you're if you're looking if you're looking at your thumb at home here, um, basically if you kind of follow your thumb all the way down to the base of the thumb where it kind of hooks up to where the wrist is in that vicinity, um, in that area you can have an issue where you kind of fracture off or break off kind of a piece of the base of the thumb in that area and the ligament kind of pulls it up. Um, similar deal if you kind of move a little bit more forward, a little bit closer to the tip of the thumb, kind of up to the, the knuckle, if you will, of the thumb, uh, move up into that area. Same thing can happen. That ligament can kind of pull off a little chip of bone. So to fix those, oftentimes it's more just kind of putting some pins in place, little wires to kind of hold that bone in place, and you slip those wires out um, a little later on after the fracture heals, a couple weeks later. You could also utilize uh, some plates in the area, um, especially if it's kind of more at the base of the thumb. You might have to utilize something like a plate if that fracture is big enough. Um, and then ultimately what can happen here is if, if the bony part, you know, stays where it needs to, um, but that ligament starts to attenuate or kind of pull off, then you might have to go back in and do more of kind of a soft tissue ligamentous type repair um, using some, you know, suture or some special anchors to put all that back together. So there's kind of a, a variety of options that could be done here depending on specifically what injury he has. Unfortunately, they're not giving a, a whole bunch of details out about where exactly anatomically that's at, but those are some possibilities. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us. A uh, junk doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center's CP3, the talented Hall of Fame bound point guard for Phoenix, our topic. So as we we look at this region of the body, this thumb, and we know basketball and, and a point guard's ball handling and, and CP3's 
not only good with with dealing with pressure, but assists, shooting, better than your average scoring point guard, and of course the assists. Is this a sensitive area to get re-injured is my next question. Say it heals or he has surgery and it heals. How likely is it to get dinged again just because of the, the nature of the position he plays? Yeah, you know, the, the big thing would be kind of that recovery period time. And so, you know, if they continue to treat this kind of non-operatively like they're doing, then they're going to probably make a big push to obviously get him back for playoffs. And that's when you kind of run that risk of kind of retweaking it, re-injuring it, if you will. Um, you know, if they go down the surgery route, then they'll probably look more at the long game and probably not try to rush him back, you know, play the rest of this year. Then that gives him plenty of time to heal. And once you kind of reach that, you know, kind of full healing mode of this, he's going to do well. Won't really be a whole lot of kind of, you know, retweaking, if you will. The biggest issue there becomes, you know, kind of down the road is dealing with some stiffness, uh, trying to redevelop some of that range of motion and that dexterity in that area. That'd be kind of the biggest issue. And in particular, if you have to do surgery in this area, one of the things you always worry about is some scar tissue development, maybe impacting some of the tendon function in that area. Um, so there definitely are some things, at least surgically, that, that can create some, that's some extra hazards, at least in the hand and the fingers. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, a Jock Doc Wednesday, as we're talking about uh, Chris Paul from Phoenix, this thumb injury and this window of six to eight weeks. He's pretty confident in, uh, in his teammates to as he says, hold it down, 48-10, and 10, the best record in the NBA top seed. I know Golden State's going to try and make a push. Pretty interesting West, and we'll see where it goes. Dr. Brandon, stay warm this week. Thanks for jumping in with us uh, for a few minutes here on Hale Varsity. All right. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Good stuff from Dr. Brandon. We'll wind down a Wednesday, busy Thursday to tell you about. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time tomorrow on the show, we'll try and reconnect with Mike Babcock. Do that uh, right for tomorrow. Uh, we'll run down Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity, Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets, and then uh, Gary Barnett and Coach Ron, well, former assistant coach Ron Brown, offensive analyst Ron Brown. So, you know, I'll say I'll, I'll be excited to talk to, to I mean, it's, it's a great, great whole lineup. I, I'm mm-hmm. kind of bummed we didn't get to talk to, to Babcock today because we got a, an interesting performance from Sam Houston last night against uh, one of the top teams in the country in Oklahoma State. 
Yeah, well, and, and Sam Houston won. <laughs> they, yeah, they won six to three. I mean, they took it to extras, but still six to three over one yeah, of the top teams uh, in the country. They're off. The, Sam Houston State's probably a little better than we thought, mm-hmm. and that was part of why Will scheduled them. I mean, it's not good to go one and three against him. You have uh, Buns that's out uh, with the the elbow. We don't have official word other than. He hadn't, he hadn't coming back this season. Yeah, we, we don't know what the injury actually is. but Specific we, we, injury. We can we, we, we can essentially say he's probably going to need Tommy John surgery to fix it based on based on what we've heard and based on he's had uh, Tommy John in that same elbow before. So Nebraska will try to regroup against TCU. We'll check in with Jabba Chamberlain, our Husker insider and Husker great uh, Friday. We'll be down at the single barrel ahead of Nebraska-Iowa. We'll see what Nebraska shows up, if they can I- extend and expand their – minutes of good basketball beyond single digits to more of a full game or at least a full half. Iowa absolutely drilled Sparty last night on the portal news. You have a couple of defensive linemen. Nebraska's put an offer out to out of North Texas. It's uh, Grayson Murphy and Gabriel Murphy. Uh, See if Nebraska can land them. Are they twins related, I assume? They're twins. Each uh, defensive end prospect announced on social media today they'd gotten an offer from Nebraska after they had a chat with defensive coordinator Eric Chenander. I'm just imagining the the situation where Chenander went in going to offer one and uh, offers one of them and then sees the other one in the hallway and gets all, like gets confused and offers a second. Like, it could make for a good like sitcom. Both guys have three <laughs> years to play, and uh, they're a package deal. So. They're both out of Dallas. They've combined for 26.5 tackles for loss and 15.5 sacks last season. So that's 8 and 7. Uh, anyway, you slice it. Grayson at 8.5 and, and 14 TFLs. Gabriel 7 and 12. So that would work. Can they jump from North Texas to Big Ten? The Twins are. Uh, top 10 edge rushers in the 24-7 rankings. This story from 24-7. They don't have a hard and fast timeline to decide. Of course, you think back to Khalil and Carlos Davis and Darian and Damian Daniels. Yeah, but, the but, ultimate brother combination, Christian and Jason. Khalil Peter. and Carlos are the only two twins that I can remember off the top right. of my head. Are there any others from back before my time that I'm not remembering here? Twins playing at Nebraska at the same time? No. I mean, I'm, I'm probably whiffing on the obvious you can go to the brother card but not the twins thing because yeah, bo and barrett were two years apart i think the rude brothers and i and barrett played as a freshman yeah I'm, started uh, on the national championship team for a team that played for the title yeah, i'm, I'm blade i think carlos and cleo might be the only two other twins that i can remember yeah it'll come to me here in a bit but we'll talk to you tomorrow at four and, and find the podcast subscribe to it Hail Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Thanks for tuning in. A Huda Media Production.